Hello. We are back with another episode of the 2023 World Cup series from the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. This is Vasanth and with me are Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian, Ramakrishnan GIR. Anand Shankaran is not joining us today as he is busy setting up his photo exhibition which will run over the weekend. Today we will review the five games that made up the fifth round of the tournament, talk about who did well, who did not, and what have been the surprises in this phase, much like the last time around. We will then proceed to briefly preview the five games that will make up round six, starting Friday the 27th. Talk about our predictions, also talk about the impact the games will have in the race to the semi-final. Before we go into the minutiae of the World Cup, we would like to spend a few minutes on an India great who passed on to his heavenly abode earlier this week, Bishan Singh Bedi. Bishan Bedi was one of our quartet of four spinners who regaled the stage of world cricket from the 60s to the 70s and a little bit into the 80s as well. Bedi, born in Amritsar, 1946, played for Delhi and Punjab in the domestics and then was one of the first Indians to play in the county circuit playing for Northamptonshire. Vijay, what do you remember of the great man? I first uh, became aware of Bishan Singh Bedi when India and Pakistan had a test series. It's the one where Gavaskar eventually scored the 10,000 runs. And I believe the only result in the test series was in Bangalore. So that time, post-day reports, the last page of the Hindu, (laughs) that was my go-to place too. And there they had an article about Bishan Singh Bedi actually providing clues to the Pakistani team as to how to bowl in that pitch. Mm. That stage I was uh, pretty mad at him for uh, doing all these things against the home team. But uh, later on, it was uh, the discussion came up when we had chats with friends. One of my friends at college actually was saying how he's the kind of guy who's pure to the sport. And if somebody comes and asks him for clues as to how to bowl, he will honor that and gave the right advice. And his advice to the, to the Pakistani spinners was the first innings they were bowling too flat. He said, keep tossing it up. That's all he said. And then, except for Gavaskar, nobody else could come to the pitch of the ball. So that was my initial one. And then over the years, a little bit of an eccentric, constantly going against the grain in either praising or dismissing players. Then he took a toll on Mutayam as well at some point was constantly in the news for good or bad reasons, but definitely was an integral part of Indian cricket over the years. I think we'll miss him. Obviously, I completely missed his playing career. Uh, he retired long before I was even born. But uh, what I do remember, at least of his playing days, was more in terms of the the famous 1976 West Indies series where he was captain. He was captaining the game where India made 400 plus runs in that Trinidad famous Porter Spring chase, won the match. He was also the captain of the subsequent test at uh, the Kingston Savannah Park uh, Stadium, where he declared at 97 for seven or 97 for six, something like that, because like Michael Holding had injured a bunch of people in the first innings. That was my first memory of Bishan Singh Bedi as a captain. He was known to be a very solid, good captain. But these are the tales I came across reading about him. Of course, he was then the manager for a brief period of time and he had his share of controversies, remember. 
and then he was in administration uh, a lot of people in both delhi cricket and punjab cricket many of them have gone on the record saying i owe my cricket to bishan singh bedi more recent players players of who i would like to call as my generation's uh, players right marinder singh as one of them murli kartik uh, was one of them as well so as you say vijay he served cricket scores first he served teams and boards and administrations next and that made him an unpopular man for sure but a wonderful cricketer he was one of the left arm orthodox spinners of his era there was no two thoughts really about it so you guys decided to talk about his latter part of his career i'm going to go back in time so bedi <laughs> go ahead <laughs> yeah bedi finished with 266 test wickets at a sub 30 average that was phenomenal in that era his flight guile was legendary many a match he won on his own with his bowling i remember one spell in brisbane at the gabba in 1977 to this day there are clippings that float around about that brilliant first day spell in he was central to that famous 1976 series in west indies as you pointed out right but before that he was part of the ill-fated 74 tour in fact he played in the lords test where he took 6 for 226 while england made 629 and in the first world cup he beat this motley collection from east africa bishan singh bedi bowled a spell of 12 overs 8 runs 1 for 6 to this day the economy rate of 0.5 is the best that was ever achieved in a complete spell bowled in a world cup bedi was also involved in some controversies in his playing area he had the courage to call out the cheating by john lever and bob willis with the vaseline and he paid a heavy price for it because they sunk his northamptonshire contract because of that at kingston we declared at 6 for 306 in the first the second there was a lot of controversy in that uh, match and bedi took a lot of flack for that throughout his career never afraid to call a spade a spade ready to take on anybody his entire career actually was terminated by one over in pakistan in the first series we went after a huge gap of some 20 some years or mm. or so we went to pakistan the last game at karachi pakistan needed 165 post t and majid khan and javed piandar set the tone with some absolutely brilliant batting and running between wickets and just when it seemed we might have squeezed a draw out of it imran khan hit bedi for two sixes in an over and with that bedi's career as captain ended thank you bishan paji thank you for the entertainment without further ado we'll go into the round 5 matches we'll start with uh, battle at dharamsala vijay what do you think so heading into this game i was curious as to how india would first cope up with a replacement for hartik who had to pull out due to an ankle injury from the previous game they had a choice to go either with shardul again and bring in maybe one more bowler and that would have made the batting look weak but they went with the conventional wisdom and picked sky and shami to india have chased pretty much every game all five games they have been yeah. uh, chasing and coming up on top This game, I thought uh, they will bug the trend and uh, bat first and see what they could do against Bolt and Henry. 
with the new ball under the sun, but that didn't happen either. But what did happen was Mitchell continuing his rich vein of form, so did Rachin Ravindra, but very little otherwise from the New Zealanders. <laughs> this was another case of will he, won't he with the Kohli's century and the touch of irony, Simon Dole calling out the same for Mitchell. I think he scored something like from 94 to 100, he took nine balls, all six singles. But it was Bumrah bowling at the time with, with, with yeah. in the final overs and he could have cut him some slack, but he still called him out on air for going slow. And then the, the sort of comedy that happens in the chase where uh, Kohli is into the 90s and then uh, there's a pantomime show happening either with Rahul or Jadeja this time around, <laughs> ensuring that he reaches three figures. Rahul did a better job than Jadeja, I would say, eventually holding uh, out to the deep before he reached there. Sachin Tendulkar fans would have a collective sigh of relief at that. He's that close to Sachin's 49 one-day centuries. One shot, I think, right? 40, 48 now. Yeah, 48. The game we should give to Shami and Kohli. I mean, Shami the Pfeiffer coming in, knocking stumps at will and making sure that uh, there was more runaway success for uh, uh, New Zealand towards the death. And then uh, Kohli, James Hadley Chase is what we should call him. <laughs> A pot boiler starring Kohli, if ever there were one. That, that's summed up Dharamshala for me. Didn't quite get into that close game that I hoped it would be just a few flutters, but otherwise India prevailed. Yeah, some flutters. There was a time, particularly uh, when Sky got run out and Jadeja came in, was possibly the only window New Zealand perhaps had to contain India. But there was 39 runs made by Jadeja, will, particularly in the absence of Hardik Pandya for the foreseeable future, will be one of the most important 39 runs he ever made a tournament like this because he was coming into this game not having batted at all, poor form with a bat. Uh, th- those 39 runs will go a long way. I hope th- these 39 runs prove to be as important as the 29 runs made by Rishabh Pant in the Melbourne Test. If you remember, that really changed the series in, in many ways. But this may just create a case for Jadeja to be batting at six so that they can go back to their six-bowler theory uh, for the next few games. To me, that was the big moment that stood out. Of course, the pantomime involving Kohli and the 100, I'm probably going to see that a few more games in my opinion, except we'll have a new player each time at the other end, batting out last ball so that Curly can get strike. That was my big set of observations about the New Zealand game. I have no problems having another round of pantomimes as long as the chase is completed. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The team had enough in the tank left to do all this. Yeah, there was no rush. He just rolled along and then finished it off. I, I thought the game turned when Shami came back and then turned what would have been around a 300-320 total to a 270-280, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. And if you look at the way we batted, the wickets that fell were not wickets that those New Zealanders earned. They were given. It was not like they managed to, they hardly beat the bat. Whatever I saw, they must have been straight two, three times, they must have beaten the bat. Most of the time, the ball was being just collared different parts of the ground, especially by the skipper. It was so comfortable. As you mentioned, the only part, what could be happening was that sky run out, which was a combination of a variety of things. 
sort of a brilliant run out wasn't it that it, was, it was funny because if you look at it satner didn't take a look at where he was throwing at all it was it was a blind flick so yeah. did the, the bowler i don't know if it was hendry or bolt bolt it was bolt it was bolt bolt he he to just flick it off it was like playing <laughs> yeah no at, at the end of the day yes there was all this talk about kohli's fault sky's fault and so on so forth but in most circumstances the ball would have crossed the infield santner was just like brilliant and then came that relay throw but that was the only point wherein there was a bit of a hiccup when we were batting otherwise uh, this was an easy romp and like you mentioned the 39 runs from jadeja a reasonably good clip is a huge plus after 2 years of scoring at a strike rate of 65 and a very ordinary average yeah 39 of 44 balls so an sr of 88 Yep. which i would say is pretty creditable it's time to go on to the next game go to chidambaram stadium where pakistan and afghanistan battled so there were two big games in the last two years asia cup both occasions i think when nasim shah bested afghanistan with some last over heroics yes and essentially it was more a case of the afghan bowlers sort of losing it this game the situation was different Completely. i have not seen this kind of organized batting from afghanistan ever before before this world cup started during the early days the one con- constant theme we had about afghanistan was they can't bat they can't score yeah. more than 232 40 runs they are very slow I mean, and if gurbaz doesn't score nothing really happens because the other guys are not capable of moving the scorecard along very fast and only nabi and rashid can do much at the end but this was different this was an outstanding performance the top order was simply phenomenal gurbaz and uh, ibrahim zatran were very organized right. and then rahmat shah showed such a cool head through and through and hazmat was very very good so this was a well won game now pakistan's 282 was short on that track exactly okay but pakistan has a fundamental problem they they are not the 350 400 scoring team they rely on scoring a solid 300ish score and then they expect their bowling attack to come to the party It's not been happening. This is yet another game where the same thing happened. The opening bowlers looked off. The spinners were nothing short of terrible. Yeah. Right. So. In I, fact, I, the best bowler of the lot was actually Iftikhar. Exactly. The best spinner of the lot, Albi. Yeah, best spinner of the lot was Iftikhar. Two games now. Yeah. I mean, so I I think Pakistan has issues with their tactics and some of their personnel are not delivering. So, Afghanistan won a good game. Pakistan batted the way they usually do. It's the same thing, two eighty to three hundred. The shock is that Afghanistan won, Pakistan lost. But to lose by eight wickets was the shock for me. Like there was hardly any penetration done by the bowlers, and that gamble with the spinners instead of pacers towards the end to price out wickets oh. that seemed like just bad advice. Whoever gave was it him or uh, did it come from the dugout? I don't know. He pulled out both the Harris Raff and uh, Shahin Shah for the at a time where they were 
really getting into a rhythm and a wicket was imminent. Then gave it in a platter to the Afghanistanis. So that they'll come to regret down the line. But those calls matter. Like that's where you have a captain of the field. Absolutely. It's not about defending, but going for wickets. Other example of Babur's captaincy and generally pointing out what the center really, really is, is the Shahinshah Afridi bowling. The ball pitched outside leg and was missing off. Babur was not convinced. He was being pushed by Shahinshah Afridi and Rizwan both to take the DRS. Just the fact that he couldn't really say no to his star batter and his star bowler was what got him to go upstairs. That's not how leadership works, right? It's totally symptomatic of what's happening with Babar Azam's captaincy. This captaincy by consensus is a problem. This in addition to the other thing that you pointed out, right, Vijay, which is like this desperate move to to use your spinners when three overs to go and you have like Shahin Shafridi with two and Hasan Ali with one. That was a situation at that time and he could have gone to either of them. No, sorry, it was Rauf and Delhi, one and two overs respectively. He could have caught neither of them. He went to the spinner and that was the over in which he got it, he got it for a six and then basically the game was over at that point. Yeah. Not that Afghanistan would have struggled because they were literally Kohli-esque in that chase. So tight. But Babar did them favors every one in, once in a while. Yeah, talking of that review, just a few overs later, there was another situation wherein there was a possibility of a review for a much, much closer case. Mm. And everybody was waiting. And Babar seemed to want a review, but he was not sure. He had already used up a review. So he said no. And this is exactly what was going on with uh, Pat Cummins. Vijay, you mentioned that a few episodes ago. And again, Pat Cummins was sort of being bullied to take a review by Mitchell Stark. Next game is South Africa, Bangladesh. 144 runs in the last 10 overs. Seems like South Africa has a very set system. First 10 overs, they'll score at a rate of one rate. They'll bump it up a little bit for the next 10. They'll bump it up further for the next 10. Further for the next 10. And the last one? Mayhem. Uh, yeah. It is just like a ball in the arc, out of the park by everybody. <laughs> it is and in the V, hit it to the tree. <laughs> Henrik Klassen. What is that man made of? unbelievable hitting and that closed the game that was the end of the match by the time these guys were done and then the Bangladeshis potted around doing all sorts of weird stuff before Mamadullah just decided hey let me help myself to 100 but <laughs> Bangladesh is looking completely lost out of it one thing I noticed South Africa might score 144 runs in the last 10 overs. They are also conceding, conceding Con- yeah. about 100 runs in the last 10 overs. Yeah. <laughs> no matter which team, and uh, if it's the lower order, it's, uh, you know, it's even uh, more. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mark Wood, Mamadullah, Mustafizur Rahman is hitting force. Okay. So it is this South African team is very weird. They have a fixed mechanism for batting. Their bowling is all very good for the first 30 overs. After that, it's all deer in the headlights. And we all saw the one chase that they did. That is almost the antithesis of uh, India, right? These guys, 
get to find success while chasing <laughs> and india has done all their success by chasing so it should be interesting what happens with the toss in the india south africa <laughs> that's the game in chennai right or are they playing in the wankhede yeah. no eden gardens yeah. eden yeah, garden yeah. couple of things for me on that game right one shakib al hasan and his batting form completely gone missing so that's a problem so i read in the news that he has made a mad dash back to bangladesh to work with his coach to somehow rediscover his form with the bat yeah. they're going to need it i have they, seen that script in some movie yeah so yeah he's going to need that that was one thing i wanted to say mustafizu rahman has really learned to bat wow he was not just doing this uh, tail end batting like mohammad shami does right he was properly presenting the face of the bat his uh, boundaries were literally stylish and he even has a technique so some something seems to have happened and i must have missed it i must have blinked during the time mustafa is learned to bat sunrise hyderabad gave him so many opportunities to bat right so. <laughs> yeah. and and the third thing is rohit sharma's 500s in the world cup is at risk with quinton decock doing what he is doing so he's interested in the three he's going to get two more Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine with the centuries and everything. But again, I don't know what to say. The guy didn't come back to field at all. Klassen just picked the wicket-keeping loss. This guy was done for the day. <laughs> like, okay, talk about richness in your squad about uh, people doing different things. But this still, if this... you don't just bother coming back, isn't that like there should be some lot? The same thing, you? by the way, happened with uh, Klassen in the previous game. He yeah. made this... He got uh, cramped. Exactly. He never came back to field. No, no, he actually had cramps. So there was something that was like a medical ailment. This guy just rested. He started to kill. Yeah. He must have watched Raidu in action at the IPL. Uh, uh, only no, time he, he, we saw him after that was when he came to collect the manager match award. He was working fine and everything. So there's <laughs> nothing wrong with him. See, remember the IPL, most of the time he was spending on the bench. He just got used to it. Kyle Myers ahead of him, right? Anyway, so that's uh, the Bangladesh game, I guess. Any, any last thoughts there? their bowling it's interesting so one stat all of us know by now is that every bowler they have played takes at least one wicket in every game they have played <laughs> correct that's interesting and they have stuck to five bowlers only they like makram has not been pulled into bowling duties yet isn't that next game in chennai against pakistan tonight yes yes if at all he is pulled in it could be that game and depending on how the pitch Let's go on to Delhi and the Netherlands meeting Australia. Oh. So there's one thing about Australia. These minnows, they just thrash them. Not just beat them. It's always a thumping. Proper so, thumping. So, 2007, Dan Van Bunga, 6-6ers, 36 runs, a name in the record books. 16 years later, Bastelli, Bastelli. 115 runs in 10 overs and uh, funnily enough the previous record holders the joint record holders were Mick Mick Roberts is it Mick Edwards and Adam Zampa was hit for 113 just a few months ago I was going to say that that was more recent mm. yeah and today he claims 4 for 8 in this yeah, game that that was like simple wrong runs right you can expect that he's going to bowl the googly every ball and they still kept missing him which was rather unfortunate and they lost their last five wickets for like six runs or something something ridiculous like that 
But that said, the real story was Pushpa Warner setting a base for... Pushpa Warner. Yeah. He's been batting phenomenally well. And of course, Mr. Maxwell, has he come to form or is it just his usual once a tournament performance? Kota done. Kota has been with. <laughs> but that was absolutely yeah. mind-blowing. Okay. You have to think, I pause and think about it. He came in the 39th over and ended up with a century. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing that they did, Australia, in this game was they finally brought Cameron Green into the 11. Yeah, that's because Stoinis had pulled some body part. Oh, he pulled something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stoinis was their go-to player anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for sure, Manus is out. Because Head will come back in the next Head game. Head is back. Head is back. Head is back. Uh, Steven Smith has come back into the runs. Yeah. So we had this theory <laughs> that Steven Smith may have to sit out, but that is no, no longer... That's no longer uh, valid. They are looking more than ready. They have finished their two tough games. Now they'll just like lean on everybody else. And they huh. might be the guys who are going to send England home. No, persisting on that uh, green thing, he's another candidate to sit out if Head comes back. That will mean a lot of oh, bowling for see, Maxwell. But. That Stoinis will not come back. Green is temporarily filling in for Stoinis. If Stoinis is back, Green goes out anyway. So Travis Head will yeah, replace yeah, yeah. Uh, Marnus or Smith. That Those are the only two options. And Smith is now not an option anymore. Right. They have some permutation combinations to work out. Yeah. It will be interesting to see is after Trade is back, will they drop Mitch Marsh to three? Or will they have yeah, head yeah. play at three? Is the really the no, no. Wa- Warner's form and head being the enforcer at the top? It's yeah, definitely it, it has to be at the head, man. It has to be at the head. I'm just going to say that they're now the joint favorites for the tournament. What do you guys think? So you can't ever write them out. Even after the first two games they lost, I was telling you guys that like it's like too early to call them off. Yes, they don't have the right squad. They're relying on a, a leg spinner who's out of form and all that. It, it, they'd come back. So the leg they... spinner out of form is a, is a, is a, is an observation we have to update, uh, Vijay. Now we made that observation into the first he's... two games, and then he's yeah, yeah. three four for since. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's that's what I'm saying. Is no out of form. So that is probably the only thing they yeah. they were missing. The thing that we pointed out in one of our earlier podcasts, I mean, Anand did that. The storyline around their weak spin attack has not changed. Right, Zampa may be coming back to life in a sense, but their second spinner slot is still very much up in the air. They're using Maxwell. Their party line is Maxwell is a full-blown spinner and he can bowl 10 overs. But guess what? Against the Netherlands, of course, they only bowled 20-odd overs, but Maxwell didn't get a bowl. They preferred to bowl Mitch Marsh ahead of Maxwell. So there you go. But are they peaking at the right time? Are they getting the right level of momentum at the top? Because Warner has really hit mid-season form. Answer is all to all of that is absolutely yes. It's good for the tournament that at the business end, teams are getting better and better. And one would expect that, right? They start getting used to the travel. They start getting used to the atmosphere. And they're all good players. So these miscellaneous parameters go out of the window. They start jellying and they start performing. So that's what's going on, which is great. So with that, we got the last game of this round. Just England versus Sri Lanka. England was absolutely terrible today. Just This is one of those Shuru Hotei Katamogya games. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. 
the right. batting yeah. was poor i decided to rewatch some parts of their batting the game itself only lasted some 50 some overs but their batting was really downright poor even the 150 runs they scored or at least the runs scored after the first 40 very ordinary even good old ben stokes was not convincing uh, this was all at the chinnaswamy and the lankans made chinnaswamy look the way chinnaswamy always is and mind you they were batting after the 35th over of the match or something like that and just like the afghans the sri lankan batters were absolute on the game this england team mentally looks ready to go home in the tms podcast today matthew mot seems to have given up and he's talking about the next world cup 8 months from now oh wow okay so huh. that was a massive statement from him so i i think these guys are in uh, some level of strife that said they are not eliminated yet this tournament allows people to actually lose a fourth game there's a situation where we can lose a fifth game and still make it to the semi finals we'll come to that later the team of the round vijay yeah i'm going to give it to south africa just love watching these guys play but with the caveat that they are the best team in their batting first <laughs> i'm actually good right but they brought angelo matthews into the team we just we just triggered a discussion that if they can bring back angelo matthews we can jolly well bring back yuvraj singh to replace uh, hardik pandya which i thought was funny <laughs> but uh, angelo matthews has made a difference uh, no doubts about it and this is just my own feeling but the fact that there is no more dashun chanaka and we have a different captain seems to have made a difference as well there is a sense of purpose that the lankans now have that was completely missing even the way they lost the asia cup finals and some of the insipid performances they put in towards uh, the front end uh, of this world cup uh, and they just seemed like a transformed side today so the boys became mindis wow boy it's mindis yes yep but there's one thing to note when with matthews in the team dhananjay de silva is coming to bat at 7 that's a lot of batting depth my team of the round is india bowled well fielded well did the end game melodrama also that was also done well okay. so what do you want thing was not 100% fielded well i don't know yeah okay. they didn't field well but i have to say the way the medal was given for the best fielder that was brilliant oh yes they really made a thing out of it huh? yeah that uh, whoever came up with it props well done and good dilip 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 came up with it yeah yeah uh, okay i mean did he also come up with the idea of using the spider cam to give the award and all that if he did full props to him man seems like it because those guys were like eager, the players are eagerly waiting to find out what is the new surprise of this week yeah so, and it all has to do with that fielding award right yeah. so mohammad shami was like visibly excited describing it at the press conference mil raha hai it was like he couldn't hold back his joy at the press conference where you're supposed to mug some random standard lines and just whatever be the question you say the same answer right yeah but you could see the excitement and then on the ground jadeja he was like yeah with this catch there is no way you can't give me that award right so they are all thinking about this award so props good job to dilip for having mm-hmm. made this a thing okay so now on to round 6 so let's take a very quick uh, look at the table five rounds are completed no team has been mathematically eliminated in fact 
there is a scenario that we could even see two teams qualifying for the semifinals with eight points. So with a sub-500 record, a couple of teams can make the semifinals. That's how this tournament has been evolving. You could have three teams with 10 points making the semifinals. It's still that open. Of course, things will change in the next few days. We will know. The games themselves, though, have been very one-sided. There's still no close game. Correct. The only close games are wherever James Hadley chase happens. Otherwise, no. <laughs> Correct. Everybody knows also that there is no real value. Whether you come first or fourth, the same thing. Okay. This is not like the IPL where in coming first or second gives you any benefit. Only difference probably would be one play was seed and others, which favors. Well, your that team. doesn't make a, one bit of a difference for India. Not India, but the others, yeah. maybe. I do think the Australians would like to play at the Vankade. But So, match previews for round six. All six contenders are playing against each other for a change. Well, Sri Lanka suddenly became a contender, but that's a different matter. And this will go a long way in identifying the semifinals this round. Although England, the way they are playing, they might have just handed over the tag of contender to Sri Lankans. But again... Nobody can be ruled out. If you do a little bit of a deep dive in the uh, matches to be played and all that stuff, anything can happen, even without some major upsets. Okay. So, the first of the games is that clash at Chennai between Pakistan and South Africa, the last game to be played at Chennai. Chennai won a lot of kudos for the crowds that turned up at the Pakistan-Afghanistan game. They managed to get 24,000 people on the stadium for a neutral game. And they, they had people supporting both teams. They had a lot of appreciation for act, acts by players from both teams. So they're going to be treated by another very good game, I hope. For sure, I think the stadium will again fill up. South Africa have been awesome, as we know that, except in that one game they chased. Pakistan has been terrible when they bowl second. So it's going to be interesting what these teams will choose. It will be uh, a game to watch if South Africa bat second. Either way, South Africa losing this game may not impact them way too much. But uh, Pakistan loss means they need several other results to go their way to make the semifinals. Anybody saying corner Tigers yet? Too early? (laughs) <laughs> Nobody outside has said cornered tigers, but I do think we will, say it. <laughs> we will say it. They have reached cornered tiger state, and I expect Pakistan to pull this one off. Thoughts? Yeah, so I'm actually pulling in favor of Pakistan as well, simply because it is basically a do or die game for them. Their squad challenges still haven't gone away, but they might revisit their strategy of having the top four strike at 80-85. And they may ask one of the openers to get a move on in all likelihood, Abdullah Shafiq. They'll use the Imam as keep striking an 80, anchor the innings, blah, blah, blah. Oh, there is a chance that Fakrizaman will come in for Imam. Come back this game. in place of Imam? Yeah, he, he's fit. Was he out because he was unfit? Or he, was he yeah, out yeah, because yeah. he wasn't making runs? He, I don't know, man. This is a Pakistan team. They said <laughs> he's not fit. What's Fakir Zaman's, what is Fakir Zaman's uncle's name? Never mind. <laughs> so I'm going to say that Pakistan are now sufficiently cornered 
to sort of wake up and put on a performance and the South Africans are going to be at the receiving end. Particularly because the South African chase is a bit of an Achilles heel. Uh, so that's what is going to happen. Pakistan will put on the runs and South Africa will fail to chase. Let's see. South Africa, this is not a do-or-die game for South Africa. No. So I'm saying that they will actually play and win. <laughs> when you say do-or-die, okay, they will quickly die. <laughs> uh, they'll play both their spinners, right? Th- this game. If not in Chennai, where else can they feel two spinners? Yeah. Shamsi and Maharaj. Correct. Uh, they have not played Shamsi in a game at all, right, so far? One game. But otherwise, the top seven... Oh, yeah, Bauma is back. Temba. A- every team is sending their doctor to the South African <laughs> dressing room just to make sure that Temba... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> otherwise, I don't see any changes. So, Fakr coming in for Imam. And here are Bauma for Hendricks. Yeah, and Shamsi will come in for who? Code CA. Lizard? Yeah. Well, Lizard was in for Ngidi for a short while. Ngidi... Yeah, I think that would be a little bit of a musical chair there. So, yeah, they'll still have three pacers, right? They'll have Kodzi, they'll have uh, Mo, and there's one yeah, more. Janssen, yeah. Janssen, correct. Yeah. Bauer has wonder- to score, man. Bauer has to score. But- At a better strike rate than 80-85. Dharamshala. Okay. Dharamshala. Last game with Dharamshala. It's a day game with Dharamshala, Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand has been very, very good. They just were blown out by a very rampant Indian team. But the Australia has finally found out how to change gears on their vehicle. And now they are operating at a good clip. And Travis Head will return. Australia and New Zealand, when they play early in the tournament, Australia struggles against them. When they play later in the tournament, Australia is all over them. <laughs> they have this peculiar pattern over the years. Yes. Right? So the New Zealand team, a team that does not have Kane Williamson might find it very tough to deal with Mitchell Stark. So my take here is Australia over New Zealand in this game. Yeah, I was really torn. So Australia seldom lose momentum once they catch hold of it, right? In these big tournaments. But having said that, there are a few things. So the only thing I feel that will work in favour of Australia is a good opening spell from Stark and Hazelwood. Barring that, New Zealand will prevail given that Conway is there. The the batting looks solid to me. And if there's nothing in the Dharamsala wicket to help the Australian Pacers and in a day game, these guys will prevail. And bowling-wise... Those guys, the Kiwis, are have the right combination of bowlers to test Australia, if you think about it. Bolt, Henry, the fielding is always above par. It's not going to be easy for Australia. They, they've had two easy games too. And I'm thinking, so if it plays according to the law of averages, Warner will probably miss out. And then uh, the Australian middle order will be tested by the Kiwi Pacers. And then in return, we are going to have the Aussie bowlers not rising to the challenges. So that's how I saw it. But this is going against the grain from everything that was at you said, which is also valid that Australia does better in the business end of most tournaments. Yeah, I'm siding I'm on the same thought process as wasn't here. Australia has the momentum. Their batters have found form. Uh, their their solitary spinner is doing really well. They might just have enough in the tank to 
I would say, upset New Zealand and make their own position stronger than where it was. So that's like my read of the situation. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, Anand has gone with New Zealand as his choice. Let's see. Okay. He picked New Zealand against England as well when nobody else did. So That's true. <laughs> Over to Eden Gardens. Finally, finally, the first game there. Okay. So we'll see a full house because we'll see a lot of Bangladesh supporters. Bangalos, Bangalos. Hopping over. And there'll be a bunch of neutral supporters. And I'm pretty sure that the Bangladesh supporters will manage to get under the skin of the neutral supporters. So Netherlands will have a lot of support. So that should be fine. Okay. Early season, good track, nice, fast, bouncy. Yeah. Not much of lateral movement, but it'll be quick. Netherlands can be a handful. I would like them to win, which is yeah. why I'm predicting that they win. Although I do think Bangladesh is a little too strong for them in this scenario. But I'm going with go Netherlands. Uh, it's so, going to be Bangladesh for me. Runs from Shakib is basically long expected, so we're likely to get that. And, you know, Bangladesh, they've played there in the past. And uh, I don't know, somehow after the way they lost in the last game, the Netherlands, I'm not so sure their giant killing, giant killing spree will continue any further. They are likely to lose to Bangladesh as my take. Yeah, I did uh, go for uh, Bangladesh as well. But something you told uh, Asant that the Orange Party always tries to make a dent in games there, either uh, electoral games or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the locals that prevail eventually. So let's see. <laughs> now to go to the Ekana Stadium in Lucknow. I keep on forgetting the full name. A win for India will not mathematically guarantee a spot in the semi-final, but they're just mathematical. If they win, they'll need to play really badly going forward and have a lot of other results going against them to miss out the semi-finals. England, very close to being eliminated and they look down and out. The turnaround from the last game is very short. Their team management seems to have lost hope. That is the wrong day to go and play India. They would like to make a statement. What better way would it be than beating India? But now I am expecting India to just roll over this England team. I just looked up the name. So it's Bharat Ratna Shri Atal Bihari Vajpayee Ekana Cricket Stadium, Lucknow, India. 11 words for 11 players. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Bharat Ratna in there as well. But... Squad construction. So how are we making up for the Hardik Pandya problem in this game? Is, is he still carrying that? Shouldn't yeah, he's not back? playing in uh, Lucknow. That much is clear. No, he's not playing in Lucknow and I hope he doesn't need to travel to Lucknow. Just send him to Mumbai. That's the next game. Uh-huh. There'll be people to take care of him. And if it doesn't look like he'll be able to play against the Lankans, then send him straight to Bangalore. So he can play against the Netherlands in his comeback match after spending some quality time with the NCA. I think they'll go with the same team. Yeah. And no, no reason to change if Pandya is there is no way Ashwin is going to play if Pandya is not there. They, are, they will not go into a match without three seam bowlers. End of story. Yeah. yeah. If they have to play three seam bowlers, these are the only three they can play because that's all they have in the squad. No... Correct. What man just dismissed Lord like that? <laughs> oh, Lord, okay. <laughs> so, any chances the Lord might come back? No, right? 
Because if the lot comes back, he'll have to be trusted to bowl 10 full overs. That is a problem. So same squad. So no chances of having Jadeja bat at 6, dropping Sky and bringing, well, either Lord or Ashwin into the squad. England again has a lot of permutation combinations to contend with, right? Like losing top Lee was, he was the one guy who was setting the tempo of top. Now it's back to Billy, Dilly, if I forget which one is it. David (laughs) Willis. Yeah. And of course, one thing to be noted with the England team, they announced their contracts just in the middle of the World Cup. And guess who doesn't get a contract? David Willey doesn't have a contract. Wow. So, question on England, right? So, they've been sort of going back and forth like a pendulum. They played 11 all-rounders and then they said, okay, boss, this isn't working for us. So, they dropped a bunch of them. They dropped Sam Curran. They dropped Chris Fox and they, they played real bowlers. They gave Gus Atkinson a game. They gave David Billy a game and so forth. So, what will they do in this game? Will they go back to everybody till number 10 should bat or will they say... No, they made it sound as if Stokes is a like for like for Sam Curran when he came back. But it's not true, right? Stokes wow. doesn't bowl. Stokes is an out batter. And uh, Sam Curran never batted like Stokes. So it was hardly like for like. So they had no choice but to go back to Chris Wokes to get that batting-bowling combination going. And come on, I don't know when he actually last batted or bowled well enough to win them a game on his own. He's a good support act at best. Chap I've never heard of. His name is Bryden Cars. I've never heard of them. He has been announced as the replacement for uh, Reese Topley. Do we know if he's uh, reached Lucknow and is there a chance he could be in the playing eleven? I don't know whether he's in Lucknow, mm-hmm. but if they instead of playing cars, they would play Atkinson. Atkinson bats, he's quick. Why would you just get a guy right out from the airplane? Atkinson was at, not bad. Uh, <laughs> we have to look at Jerry Arch, Jeffrey Arch, Archer's post from many years ago to see what will happen. <laughs> Jofra Archer. Jofra Archer. For <laughs> Jeffrey Archer. <laughs> Well, oh, he's as valuable to this cricket team as Je- Jeffrey Archer, so doesn't matter. <laughs> so, let's go on to the last game. Pune, Afghanistan versus Sri Lanka. It'll be a fun game. Both of these teams are very happy with their last wins. I think the fans will bring in a lot of life. It's a pity Sri Lanka is not going to have their number one fan, this guy called Persia Abhisekara. Mm. He was unwell. In fact, some members of the Indian team went to meet him at his house in Colombo. There's a big relationship between the Sri Lankan fans that about three or four guys were very close to the Indian team. So, so much so that one of them I spotted in some picture at Virat and Anushka's reception in Mumbai. Oh, wow. And one of them actually apparently his father fell ill when they were on tour in India. He didn't have money to immediately go back or whatever. And Rohit Sharma took care of that. So, there is something going on there. And these are the same guys who had uh, Williamson cut a cake on his birthday. So, some Ah, of these fans are very special in the Sri Lankan setup. I remember the Williamson affair. He was like literally feeling at the square like boundary or something. And they cut a cake in between over something like that. The Afghan fans are very colorful. One should expect a lot of uh, excitement in the stands. Although, Pune is probably the one stadium that doesn't have a single covered seat. 
ஒன்ங் Afghanistan has beaten England Sri Lanka has beaten England so it might be expected that both Pakistan and India will also beat England unfortunately the Bangladeshis let it go otherwise the entire subcontinent should have taken revenge on that colonial <laughs> that had Tamim yeah. been there they would have won man this <laughs> true stoking that <laughs> Before we wind down for the day, I'd like to invite those of you who are in the Bay Area to come by to visit Anand's photography exhibition at the Harvest Festival over this weekend and for Vijay's opening act at the TK Boomer Comedy Show on Saturday, October 28th. I will be posting the details in the show notes of this episode. We'd love to see you guys there. And good luck with that, Vijay. Yes. And good luck with the audience. Yep. <laughs> to them too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We will be back in a few days with more previews, reviews, and perhaps even some requiems. Until then, it is Totsi and Stots Un Trunkong. So that was my attempt at Afrikaans, but still. <laughs> yeah. Choked in between when you said that. Let me try. Thank you for listening in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. Our hosts for this episode were Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian, Ramakrishnan Ji Ayer and myself Vasant Kumar. Thank you.